This is Will and MJ on Triple M. Are we live? You took the words right out of my mouth. They're awake and they're on fire. Oh, pretty boring weekend in footy, Will. Well, once again, MJ, we find ourselves here with not Mm. much exciting footy to comment on. It's been like that last sort of two or three weeks, I think. It's been like that for a year in the world of footy, but there are certain ways that I've been trying to make games exciting. Yeah, you are telling me off air that well, you uh, you have some tactics. We'll talk about that next. Yeah. And also coming up in the show, you might have a case. Yes. We've been talking about this for about a month now where Brisbane used your face yep. on marketing material. They did. It was a photo from a game from last year. To the point where it was on the side of the stadium. The Gabba are now using it. So we're going to speak to a lawyer to see if you have a chance to sue your own club. The first time in Will and MJ history, we're actually following up on a previous story that <laughs> we would mention. It's a big night on the show. It's a big, big night. It's a momentous occasion. That's all coming up in the next hour here with Will and MJ on Triple yes. M. Will, it's fair to say that it wasn't the most exciting weekend in footy. Now let's talk the big issues, MJ. Whoa. Because we're a footy show. Sam McClure's walked. A sports show on Triple M. Mm. And it's a big weekend of footy. The Melbourne Demons. Where are they at? Are they the real deal? (laughs) See, normally on footy panel shows, Will, you ask questions like that to an expert. Yeah. We don't have any experts here. No. But I would say, judging by the fact that they've won a game by 49 points and a game by 100 points, they're third on the ladder. Melbourne are the real deal. I think Melbourne are the real deal, which Just is personally frustrating, yeah, to say the least. Because it, yeah, after Richmond's premiership last year, yeah, the stereotypical losers, yeah, aren't losers anymore. Which yeah, exactly. Is really disappointing. Because even at this point of the season, when Richmond were flying last year, and I thought, ah, but they're Richmond. They're you know? still Richmond. So Melbourne are lucky because uh, Richmond have shaken that tag off everyone now. You can't just be like, well, they're not going to win the flag because they're Richmond. Oh, well, do you think because Richmond have done it, anyone can do it? Now you can't, you can't just say, oh, look, Melbourne, they're not going to win the yeah. flag. They very well could. They're third on the ladder. They've beaten anyone that's come up against them. And they've got one of the best lists. They do have a very good list. You'd probably still say about St. Kilda, though. Oh, yeah, of course. Because <laughs> <laughs> if Melbourne win the flag, St. Kilda are the only joke team left. Uh, Fremantle's a pretty joke team. No flags. Man, it's getting... I think they're in joke territory. Really? Okay. All right. Fair enough. Um, What are your favorite clubs to deal with? Because you and I have experience in uh, speaking to the clubs. Yes. Producing footy, trying to get interviews. Mm. Some clubs are... Because North Melbourne, I'm I'm a massive fan of. Well, yeah. Well, just to give everyone a bit of background. I used to produce the Sunday Rub here on Triple M last year. Yeah. You've taken over the reins from me this year. Yes. And over the weekend, you end up dealing with every club. Yeah, to organise player interviews after games and before games and everything like that. Yeah, or coaches or whoever. And you're right; some clubs are a lot more are better to deal with than others. North Melbourne and Jets. Yes, and we were discussing before the show that it yeah. now makes me like them as a club even more. I'm a big North Melbourne fan now, just uh, just because of the the, the media couple team. of nice media managers, absolutely, <laughs> who go out of their way to help you. I actually forgotten their names, but they're they're it's a Heath, lovely Heath team. McLaughlin. Yeah. <laughs> But there are certain clubs. You can't name one because they'll name them all. Is it in our best interest to name some bad clubs? Um, we can be vague. There's a certain club that was recently successful. Okay, that's enough. <laughs> <laughs> that's enough. Back to the big issues though, MJ. Okay, quickly. Yep. I've worked out a way to make boring games exciting. Because this was the big issue. Friday night fixturing. Should Carlton be on, you know... Friday night. Getting the big games. I don't think they should. Yeah, they're hitting above. The, they're out of their weight zone. They are. In terms of Friday night games. They're feather. They're Friday out of night their is division. heavy. Yeah. 
they should not be in Friday night games and they continue to be in them. Stat. So yes. I was at the pub the other night and everyone was quite disappointed, it's fair to say, about Carlton playing again on a Friday night. Yeah. And a mate of mine said, don't worry about it, it's good. I've gone, what do you mean? <laughs> he said, I've got, a, I've got a way to make bad games exciting. Who was this? Just a mate of mine. Yeah. He said, I've got a way to make bad games exciting. Yeah, what is it? Involves betting. Oh, I know it involves betting. It has and it, to. And it involves one particular bet yeah. that doesn't cost much money, but has a massive return for investment and makes the game really exciting. And what's that? Exact winning margin. Oh, I've done an exact winning margin before. So you put five bucks. Have we said gamble responsibly yet? No. I feel like we should just yeah. <laughs> slip it in every now and then. <laughs> gamble responsibly. Gamble responsibly. Gamble responsibly. Yes. You put $5 on an exact winning margin, which pays about 50 to 1. So it's like roulette. It is. Just going on the specific number. And if you're within a couple of goals yeah. with 15 minutes to go, oh, oh, baby. Every bump, every tackle. <laughs> you're, you're right. <laughs> Suddenly there's two minutes left in the grand final. Yeah, and... that's right. And if you're like me and it's a Friday night game and you've had a few beers. Oh, and yeah. By the time you get to the third quarter, yeah. whoa. It is a real, real ride. It's such a rush. You know the three best words in the English language What's for, that? for boring footy games? What's that? Same game, multi. <laughs> MJ. 105.1 Triple M. Gamble responsibly. MJ, during the week we managed to get along to the AFL Hall of Fame dinner. Yeah, that's right. It, it, that was your first one, wasn't it? Yeah, I've never been before. It's really good fun. I was it's hoping a... I might be inducted. But was... <laughs> you thought you were a, a sneaky chance. It turns out you're no chance if you haven't played uh, what least one game. Even uh, media broadcasters are rare to find yeah. their way in. I still reckon... Especially bad ones. I still think <laughs> I'd get in ahead of Jesse White, though. Oh, yeah. 100%. <laughs> I'd back you in. Sorry, Jesse. The, it's just a complete, I feel bad about that. Complete and utter cheap shot. Can I take that back? I didn't mean to. He was a stalwart for your I'm club. Sorry. Yeah, I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, like, I feel bad about saying that. I apologize. I'm sorry to White and the White family. Sorry. Of course, Jesse White should be in the Hall of Fame. Uh, me. The best part about the Hall of Fame is that you are finding out about people that you've never heard of before. Yes. And so someone comes up and like, uh, the next inductee into the Hall of Fame, Joe Rogers. And, mm. and you, as the name's announced, you're just like, who's, who's this, this guy? Oh, come yeah. on, it should be Justin Lepich. <laughs> yeah. You're thinking of Surely play. Mick Malthouse deserves yeah. a go before Players him. from your own club that deserve it so much more than Joe Rogers. And then yeah. you watch the Joe Rogers package. Yeah. And it's just so elegantly put together. And they name all these amazing highlights. And you, and then by the end of it, you're just like, oh, yeah, no. He Joe, deserves Joe to Joe definitely deserved yeah. that. that was From the Waffle. <laughs> what yeah. a career. Who played 270 <laughs> games in the Waffle in the 60s. And you go, this guy is a legend, a living legend. And that happened to us when we were uh, watching Bernie Naylor get inducted. And I think his family spoke on his That's behalf. That's right. He's and... a South Fremantle legend. Yep. So he, the award for the leading goal kicker in the Waffle is named after him. So he's mm. like the John Coleman of the Waffle. Yeah. And some of his statistics were out of this world. I think he averaged like six goals a game over his short career. Yep. And his daughter was saying at one point he kicked, how many was it? 23 goals in a game? A game? Yeah, that's right. It's an elite level record. 23 <laughs> goals in a game. In a professional top flight game of footy. Now, m most people there are impressed by that stat. Yeah. We were sitting next to each other. Yeah. And we both had the same thought at the same time. Yeah. Which was, mate, get out of the goal square. <laughs> Get up the ground. Get up the ground. The only way you're kicking 23 goals in a game is if you're standing in the goal square. Pure selfishness. Absolute selfishness from, from Bernie. And my other take is... He would not have left the 50 all day if he's kicking 23 oh, goals. He couldn't. He nah. just parked in the goal square. Yeah. My other take is, how poorly defended can you possibly be 
to allow someone, even yeah. after they've kicked 18, <laughs> surely you lock down. That fullback should be in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> like the, put, the other end of the spectrum. Yeah, put two men on him. Just double team him. By the time he gets to 20 goals. Look, I'm sorry, he's kicked yeah, 20. Yeah, We've got to do we something. Do. <laughs> Our tactics clearly aren't working. <laughs> Another funny part of the Hall of Fame that we yeah. enjoyed was um, the star of the night when these representatives would be on stage and they'd give a little a little introduction to a legend that was in the room and they'd yep. come up on stage. And it, and it, went, was, it was like very well choreographed and yeah. everything was really nice. And we looked for this on the, uh, on the replay of the Hall of Fame, uh, yeah. the broadcast on so, Fox So you'd Ford. have like Lee Matthews introducing Bobby Skilton yeah. and things like that. So that everyone was introducing everyone. It was really, really, yeah. really nice. Unfortunately, it didn't make the broadcast. No. Because it was a really touching moment. <laughs> Until. But then, so yeah, uh, you got Dermot Burton announcing how good Lee Matthews was. And yep. then Sticks Kernahan, I forget who was announcing. <laughs> Dermy would say something like, a player, a legend is a player who was uncompromising in their footy and put their head over the ball. Yep. Lee Matthews. Yeah. <laughs> Sticks gets up. A player is a, le- a legend. A, pl- a legend. A player, <laughs> a player is a legend of a player who played... <laughs> Who played there? Jason Dunst. <laughs> <laughs> it was he absolutely cooked it. It was a minute into the ceremony. <laughs> it couldn't have been worse. He absolutely cooked it. What else did you enjoy? Um, I've taken one note just so I remembered, <laughs> um, and I regret taking it now because I don't know if I can go with it. Before we started this, you said you didn't want to say it. I literally is the only note in my phone from the whole night. Yeah. It's um, the name of Terry Wallace's parents. <laughs> what were they? I remember laughing. Dick and Flo. Will and MJ. 105.1 Triple M. Will, if you've been listening to the show for the past couple of weeks, you'll know yes. that you've found yourself in a bit of a legal situation. A saga. And unfortunately, it's with the club you actually support. That, that's what hurts me the most. If anything, I wish it was Collingwood, just so I, I could just go in all guns blazing. But, but here's the club that you love. Yes. Have, you trusted them, I, be- I think. I thought you? I did. It's my beloved Brisbane Lions. And, of course, I was, for uh, avid listeners of the show, they'd know that I was going to a Brisbane Lions game down here in Melbourne at mm-hmm. Etihad Stadium. And I got a photo with Beast Mode, Reese Matheson, number 36 for the Brisbane Lions. We were you on went, the fence. And you went full nuffy. I was full nuffy. I had my scarf and jumper on. And it was post-game. They were doing a lap with all the fans. He's taken a photo with me. And... A professional AFL photographer has taken that photo and all of a sudden I'm now the face of the Brisbane Lions membership. Now your face is on the side of the Gabba? It's literally on the side of the stadium. It's on the Brisbane <laughs> website. It's on the membership website, and front you, and centre. And you had no say in this whatsoever? I did not receive as much as a phone call or a letter. Now it's fair to say we've been joking about this a little bit. Yeah. And it's fair to say that we rarely follow up on any of our, <laughs> any of our ongoing stories. But we thought we'd go straight to the top just to find out yeah. if you have a case. So we've yes. gone to the top here at SCA at Triple M yeah. to Tony Hudson, who's the general counsel. Yes. Which is obviously a very important role here at SCA. And Your eyes lit up when you found out that title too. But, well, he's probably got bigger fish to fry, to be <laughs> honest, but he has found some time to chat to us on a Sunday night here on Triple M. This is not even a fish. <laughs> this is a fish stick. G'day, Tony. Thanks for coming on the show. A pleasure to be here and happy to help. Now, you've heard the setup there. You've heard the issue that Will's found himself in with the club that he loves yep. have betrayed him. Um, from a legal standpoint, does he have a case against his own club? Well, absolutely, he's got a case against oh, his own club. Oh, of course, they, they've, they're blatantly exploiting him for their own benefit without any compensation to Will. I mean, 
they're, they're sitting on the bottom of the ladder trying to drag themselves <laughs> yeah. up. And, you know, the way to do that is to use someone high profile like yep. Will. Yeah. Um, yep. You'd think at least that they would have uh, sought his consent for that. But he, he obviously has rights in his image and his photo and uh, copyright in the photo that's been taken. And it's, from my point of view, it's absolutely outrageous that uh, they're using it in this way. So what would the steps be involved if I were hypothetically to, I don't know, sue my club? I don't think it's hypothetical anymore. <laughs> Look, I don't think you're going to have to sue them. I think we just raise it with them and they'll, they'll uh, fold pretty quickly, I think. It's, a, it's so blatant. Look, it is. So there isn't, because I assumed on the ticket or something, it might say, your image may be taken and used for promotional purposes, deal with it. Mm. And I, I figured I had no leg to stand on. But do you think nothing like that exists? Well, it sounds like they haven't given that to you. No, no, you know, we as a responsible media company, when we're doing that with people, we definitely get them to sign performance releases to make sure they understand how we're going to use their image. And particularly yep. in this case where they're using it for such commercial purposes, probably driving millions of dollars into the club just by use of your image. Uh, the very least they could do is uh, get your consent and I'd also expect that they'd be uh, compensating you. So if that's driving millions of dollars into the club, does that mean we can sort of jump in there and drive millions of dollars into Will's pocket? And I might take a cut as well. <laughs> well, look, I would have thought at least 50%. <laughs> yes, of all membership. Getting excited. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that would be a fair thing in this case. Okay, so the Brisbane Lions, as I said, they're my beloved club. They're, I think they're nearly $14 million in debt. I'm, I'm not interested in let's say, just taking some money out of them. But what sort of compensation do you think I could possibly get my hands on? Well, look, I would have thought life membership at the very least. At the very least. Yeah, Uh, and probably tickets and flights to every game they play. (laughs) Yeah, I think think it's only fair. It's only fair. And and probably a seat at the the captain's table at the Brownlow. Oh, this is getting exciting. Yeah. These are the sort of things we would typically ask for in this sort of circumstance. And if we don't get them all, we'll dial it back, but... Yeah, well, you, you obviously start high, and yeah, um, yeah we might we might uh, trim the brown low table, but apart from that, I wouldn't be trimming anything. <laughs> well, Tony, are you happy if we leave this to you to draft up a letter that we can get up to Greg Swan there at the Brisbane Lions? Yep. Plenty of Latin in it, please. That <laughs> <laughs> that is a personal specialty, so okay, we'll definitely uh, get the Latin in. Okay, perfect. And they'll be quivering in their boots at Brisbane Lions oh. if they're hearing this. Once well, I get General Counsel Tony Hudson on the line, I think they'll be... They'll be absolutely folding. Uh, thank you, Tony. Thank you so much for joining us on the show. It's a pre- pleasure to help, MJ, and uh, and I'll let you know how we go, Will. Thank you very much, Tony. I look forward all, to hearing from you. All the best. Cheers. That's Tony Hudson, the legal counsellor here at SCA. Who? Jeez, that got a bit Jeez, serious got all of a serious sudden, Will. Very quickly, MJ. I think I'm going to be at the Brown. I'm seeing dollar signs in your eyes. I can't imagine the awkwardness of sitting next to Dane Beams at the Brown. <laughs> just you, just, Beamsy. Just there on the back of a legal case. Yeah. <laughs> Make a wish, kid. <laughs> Will and MJ, 105.1 Triple M. It's time for Will and MJ's Serious News. <laughs> no, no, no. Serious News. Yeah, you were suitably serious there. You've got to be real serious in this segment. It's yep. um, the way it works. For those who aren't aware, this is when we move away from sport and silliness yep. and we just set our sights onto... Serious topics. Because the, the world ain't all sunshine and rainbows. No. As Rocky taught me that in Rocky 6. I reckon you use that every time we talk about serious news. I think so. And, you know, we're going head to head with 60 Minutes. We are. And they're, they're going on about uni uh, or yeah. uni culture, toxic. Uh, mm, I just saw it on TV. Ooh. Very intense. No good. Nope. So, <laughs> you're across the uh, Victoria Police faking breath test statistics. Well, this was massive, massive news during the week. Awful. 
Absolutely. Oh, well, we'll get to that. Yep. Victoria Police, and they've admitted to it. Yep. They've faked 258,000 breath tests. 1.5%. That is a massive amount of breath tests. Yep. Now, the first time I read that headline, I thought that they were, you know, making up if someone was drunk yeah, or not I, drunk. Yeah, I thought it was the other way. But it turns out one of two things has happened. Yep. Either their targets are way too high. <laughs> yeah. So they're faking tests to meet these unrealistic targets. Meet quotas, yep. Or, and this is the, what I like to believe, yeah. they found a loophole in the system and they're exploiting <laughs> it because they're lazy. I would lean towards the latter. Oh, it's probably a combination of both. Maybe a combination of, as a third option. Yep. I like the idea that the cops are just lazy though. Yeah. And just heading to Krispy Kreme instead of actually bothering to do pe- breath tests. Quick, let's wrap these up so we can knock off. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, first of all, we've got to acknowledge that it's an awful thing to do. That's you know, right. People's lives could have been at risk. Well, they, they could have let a really drunk person through. Yeah. And the thing is, it may affect statistics and things. Yeah. Which make, you know, that's a lot of breath tests to fake. Yeah. So when they're saying that this, the, uh, a percentage of drivers that they breath test aren't over the limit, yeah. Well, those statistics are all wrong now because, yeah, because they're faking something. At least 1.5% of them mm. haven't been accurate. Oh, but the police did really well in owning up to it. Yep. And admitting that. You know, they did wrong and they're going to change. I don't think anyone's going to be penalized over it, Yep. which is interesting, but you know, well done to the police for tackling it head on. Now, the ABC, <laughs> the ABC understands that there are three ways that the police were falsifying the tests. Three different ways. Yeah. Three different methods. Wow. So they didn't find one loophole and go hard at that one. No, they, they found multiple yeah, loopholes. Yeah. Like, have you heard, uh, Robbo found a way to, uh. What you do is you just stick your thumb over the thing. Yeah. <laughs> and it thinks you're breathing into it. it. Caught on. No. So the, the most common way yeah. was to place your finger or thumb over the hole yep. on the breathalyzer where the straws are plugged into. Well, if that's the easiest way, why would, why would anyone bother doing the next two options? Well, I think you, you put your finger on the hole and then bl- blocking that hole tricks the breathalyzer into thinking your breath test is, oh, because of the pressure of the straw. Ah, uh, okay, yeah. So, you know, you yeah. blow into it. But if you just put your thumb over it, the pressure just thinks, oh, yeah, bang. Yeah. So you just do that enough times. Yeah. And you so, got and zero, t- zero, zero. Turns zero. out all police thumbs are zero, zero. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine getting done with your thumb. <laughs> the second way. Yeah. What if you had vodka on your thumb? Yeah. yeah. I don't anyway. know. I don't know. These are the questions. Uh, the second and most obvious way is for a police officer to simply blow into the breathalyzer themselves. Do it themselves. And if you're sober, bang. Yeah. There's another one. So the only reason you'd use your thumb <laughs> is if you were drunk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So obviously the people who are doing the thumb trick are the drunk cops. Yeah. No, I think the drunk cops would use this third way. The other popular method yeah. is to hold the breathalyzer out the window while driving. <laughs> <laughs> that's a, oh, no, it turns out the air's zero, zero. <laughs> like a dog in a car. Yeah, right. Will and MJ. 105.1 Triple M. I mean, as we get dangerously close to midnight, Will. Yes. We've just got a couple of things we need to get through before the end of the show. Uh, and the first of which was in the Herald Sun this morning. <laughs> a big exclusive in the Herald Sun. Yep. Um, saying that a gold doctor. Yes. Has spent the past three and a half years studying kicking technique. A gold doctor. And they aim to solve one of the AFL's biggest woes. So, Helen, is this just a random punter? Yeah. Oh, get your she's hand a, off it, mate. Well, she's, a PH, she's doing a PhD in goal kicking. Yeah. Stephanie Blair is her name. Yep. She says that the study could finally cure the sprays, yips, and clangers from AFL stars. Stephanie reckons she could figure out more than Matthew Lloyd. 
Yes, using 3D technology, a full body analysis of player goal tech, kicking techniques. Oh, that sounds quite sciencey, though. Um, and she reckons that she might be able to fix it up. Doing what? And it turns out this is a horror year for goal kicking. Oh, well, everyone knows that. Yeah. It's always a horror year. It is. Here's her exclusive. Yep. She says that angles, distance, and player positioning were factors in goal kicking <laughs> success. Well, blow me down, Stephanie. <laughs> <laughs> Riddle me this. Yeah. <laughs> Fancy that. Three year, three and a half years of a doctorate. <laughs> I wouldn't have figured that out without the 3D scan. <laughs> and we've had some feedback, Will, from the Will and MJ Facebook page. Is that right? Yes, we have. Now, you had a campaign. Was it last time we chatted yeah, uh, about um, Paywave? What was, well, your, what was your premise again? Well, I think... Society's norm is when you use your credit card at a bar or anything. Yes. The bartender always asks, is PayWave okay? Yeah, and you hate it. We're at a point now where PayWave is always okay. You think it should just be accepted? And yeah. Everyone just... It's not like anyone goes, oh, no, I'm more of an insert man. Yeah. I insert the card. Can you insert the card, please? Yes. Just accept that PayWave's the norm. And if for whatever reason your PayWave's not working, it's up to you to let them know. Yeah. Stop asking everyone if PayWave's all right. Now, Sam, who works in hospitality, he messaged the page, Will and MJ on Facebook, mm-hmm. and he said that the only reason people do it, yeah. ask if it's okay, is because the funds don't go out of your account immediately and they're pending for longer. They just sit there. Who cares? But they eventually go out anyway. Yeah. So he says, once again, the 1% enough to ruin it for everyone. So he's on my side. He's on your side. Fair. He's also attacking my mate, Sam, another Sam, who that's his reason. That's why he's an inserter. He prefers inserting. Because he wants to know exactly where the transactions come from. Really? Yeah. Needs to get a life. Yeah, I know. He's... Well, thank you, Sam, for that feedback. We really appreciate 1% it. 1% nuffs. If there's anything that you needed to tell us or let us know, negative or positive? No, strictly positive. Like Dylan here, who <laughs> he... <laughs> He served me in a Woolworths a few months what? ago. And he, he said he saw I had Brisbane Lions shorts on and he said, yeah. I figure you must be Will. So he didn't recognize your face. He just recognized. No, he realized that I was a Lions supporter. Brisbane Lions supporter. <laughs> Which well, was very nice. Yeah. And Dylan gave me some great feedback and he said that he's got some friends onto the podcast. And oh, great. So feedback like that. That's what we love. If you don't like the show, if just you, move, on, move yeah. on. If you've got negative feedback, yeah. go on um, Christian O'Connor's <laughs> Facebook page. <laughs> a new gold morning He show. starts a gold on He's not even from Melbourne. No, he's from. he doesn't know anything about footy. Ridiculous show. Yeah. We shouldn't be doing him ads. No, we're not giving him ads. We're giving him critique before he's even started. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> speaking of breakfast radio. Yes. Tomorrow morning on the hot breakfast. Oh, so we actually are doing ads. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but Nathan Buckley's Bucks coming is up. on. Yep. So make sure you're listening tomorrow morning, 8.30. That's great. It's taken us six months to get Bucks on the show, but happening uh, tomorrow. What else has taken us six months? Following up this lawyer yes. saga. And we're going to speak to someone high up in the Brisbane Lions next week. If you missed tell you the, that much. If you missed the chat earlier, we spoke to a lawyer. Yeah. And he thinks you have a, a case against the Brisbane Lions who have been using your face in promotional material yep. without permission. You can 100% put it in the book. We're chatting to Greg Swan. And next I'm, week. And I'm going to be... Oh, I'm going to be fired up. <laughs> I'm angry for you. If you don't get some money or at least a couple of Gabba tickets. <laughs> oh, at least a Brownlow night. <laughs> and if you have any other feedback, just let us know. Positive. Please do. Will and MJ on Facebook. We'll be back at 10 o'clock next Sunday night or maybe 11. Who knows? Uh, yeah, just 10 w- or 11. Watch this space. Yeah. <laughs> we'll be on at some point. We'll be on at some point. This is Will and MJ on Triple M. <laughs>